Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. The lukewarm Catholic will have many friends in this lifetime, but in eternity they will live in darkness. Today's the feast of St. John the Evangelist. St. John, pray for us, author of the fourth gospel. Got a great show today. Paul, I'm 10 8. What about you, my friend? Oh, Jess, always ready to go. I'm buckled up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jesus 911, why do we call the Joe G- why do we call the show Jesus 911? It's not for first responders necessarily. It basically is taken from Psalm 69, verse 2. The Bible says, God come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Everybody that's a baptized Catholic Christian should be calling on God all the time to help us and for our assistance. Amen. I want to jump I want to jump right into the first topic, something that we don't think about since as Catholics we celebrate the, the Christmas day is so amazing in the Catholic Church. It's not a yes. one and done. Yeah. I don't uh not to cut you off, but before we jump into that, Fox News this morning reported that 69 police officers were feloniously murdered this year thus far. And uh, I just like to take a, a moment of silence for them. And uh, if, if you would uh, uh, say a little prayer for them. Name of the Father, Son of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Eternal rest grant to all these police officers, O Lord, who have been murdered in the last year. And let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the soul of all these officers through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Lord, don't look upon their sins, but look upon the faith of their church in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Paul, it breaks my heart because my my son last night was uh, a there, there was a shooting last night where he where he works at in Phoenix, which is just a common occurrence. It's, it's like the East LA and South Central of uh, or the Phoenix uh, Valley, South Phoenix, Maryville. Mm-hmm. And when he was in the hospital uh, with the vict- one of the victims that was shot, two rooms down was a 22 year old police Phoenix police officer that was shot two weeks ago, eight times execution style. Uh, his, wow. wife, his wife was there just sitting with her 22-year-old uh, husband, Phoenix police officer, who's now fully brain dead. And my son, oh, Paul, my. Yeah, my son Paul was, you know, uh, keeping watch over his, the, the victim in the hospital. And he says he was just looking inside, looking at a young wife, holding her young husband's hand, 22 years old, Three months out of the academy in patrol, shot wow. eight times execution style. Paul, wow. what, what's happening in our country is absolutely diabolical. And I'm going to tell you, uh, the Democrat Party has ginned this up with their whole anti-law enforcement defund the police attitude. Yes. And, and this is why this is why the uh, the uh, the criminals, they feel right now, they, they, they feel like they've got the winds behind their back. And they feel and like, they do. Yeah, they do. And they do. Uh, Listen, anytime you have uh, people who purport to represent the people, uh, members of Congress espousing uh, 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 things like uh, defund the police and uh, uh, passing laws and supporting bills that essentially uh, uh, give them no accountability, Jess, are not the winds behind them? Yeah. Amen. You're right. God help us. Uh, And that's why... 
as they say, uh, elections have consequences. Paul, I want to talk about something regarding the... As Catholics, for us, Christmas Day doesn't end with one day. We celebrate what's called the Octave of Christmas. We, it's such a powerful day, like Easter, that we as Catholics celebrate and keep talking about it for eight days. It's called the Christmas Amen. Octave. Christmas for eight days. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because we, we can't contain... Christmas can't be contained in one day. It's, nope. it's, it's, it's too big. The fact that God became a man uh, in the womb of the Virgin Mary and 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 the and the, and the and the baby in Bethlehem, this is so beyond us. We can't even wrap our minds around it. So we try to we try to celebrate it for eight days. Now, there's a story that a lot of people don't think about when our Lord Jesus Christ, well, the Holy Family went from Nazareth to Bethlehem. There was uh, obviously jo- Joseph was leading the charge, and Mary was riding on a donkey. Most people don't think about it. They say, okay, again, it's like going from, I don't know, from, you know, uh, you know, Glendale to Los Angeles or from, you know, West Hollywood to Hollywood or something like that. No, (laughs) according to the, uh, according to uh, people that have actually counted the, uh, the, the distance between Nazareth and Bethlehem where the Holy Family traveled, it's 97 miles. 97 grueling miles, Jess. Yeah, not 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 nice paved streets like you know see, you see in the yeah. United States. Yeah. You know, un- uneven terrain, rocky, cobblestone, pebble stone. And then they also had to pass Samaria, which was very hostile to the Jews. You had, you know, the Samaritans were Jewish half-breeds, so they didn't like the Jews, and so you had bands of robbers that was hide in the hills of Samaria ripping people off that were traveling from from you know northern israel to southern israel and and vice versa 97 mile walk with your pregnant wife on a donkey all all i could say is that qualifies saint joseph for being a man's man the man of the year no doubt about it uh you know when you really think about the difficulty uh it just leaves you kind of speechless that Wow, you know, we read this stuff. Oh, you know, yeah, they, they they traveled down for the census. You know, they got in a car and drove. You know, air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know, we have to. You know, it, sometimes it helps to. You know, um, to and when we when we read sacred scripture, to you know, to to glean as much as we can from how life was in antiquity, and I, I think it it'll change our perspective. It's it's the same thing with the crucifixion. To truly understand what crucifixion was all about and to see what the lord endured um as depicted in the in the passion jess whoa you know whoa yeah yeah amen uh so once again it was a 97 mile journey from nazareth to bethlehem uh, in the roman empire this the, the roads were obviously not paved they traveled by a by way of a donkey mary was almost nine months pregnant Mm. You're also dealing again with just a, a lot of robbers midway in Samaria that was specifically that's what they exactly would do. They would just assault the travelers and uh, and take all their goods. Now, here's an interesting story, Paul, that I learned when I went to Israel a couple times. And it's a very po- prominent story in Israel. And I've also found it in Catholic tradition in Catholic history. Now, mm-hmm. it's it, this is a cool story. We know that the thief on the the thief on the cross is named Dismas, and yes. we know we know that by because of sacred tradition, it's not in the Bible. It is he's nameless in the Bible, but the tradition of the church tells us 
clearly that his name was Dismas. Now, Dismas was one of those thieves in Samaria, and he was he you know he had a band of robbers. The Holy Family, when they were traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Dismas uh, and his band of robbers jumped in front of the Holy Family to assault them. Now, baby Jesus, uh, when the the story goes that baby that uh, Dismas that he looked at Mary and she and he recognized something different and he looked at her pregnant well the story actually goes that the Jesus was already out of the womb so this must have been on the trip back mm-hmm. and and Dismas just looked at the baby and he was like motionless like an angel remember he was going to rob them with his band of robbers and the story goes that uh, our our lady allowed Dismas to caress uh, baby Jesus, and Dismas just stopped in his tracks. A man that was you know that was involved in a life of crime, he just stopped and he told his thieves, "Let's go, let's leave these people alone." And they let them pass and go through. Now, right. Dismas con- Dismas had a moment of an encounter with Christ. But he went back to a life of crime. He continued following his fallen nature. 33 years later, when Dismas is hanging on the cross, Mary looks at him and she recognizes him. This is the thief that let us go 33 years ago and that caressed my baby. And he had this look in his eyes of faith, a moment of faith. And so as Mary prayed for him as he's hanging on the cross... And Dismas now looks at Jesus and recognizes him and says, that's the baby that I let go 33 years ago. We were going to rob their family, but there was something about him that I just couldn't do it. I couldn't carry out these evil actions and I let him go. And it was at that moment that Dismas had that great illumination of conscience and faith where he says, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus says, Amen, I say to you, this day you will be with me in paradise. Uh, again, uh, St. Dismas was disarmed 33 years before by looking at the divine infant Jesus and caressing him. He could not carry out his wicked plans. And, th- and Mary told him at that moment that one day my son will repay you for what you've done. 33 years later, Jesus repaid him the favor and Jesus saved him on Calvary. Wow, I wonder, uh, you know, where did that story come from, Jess? It's common in the Middle East. Every every uh, Orthodox and Catholic will share that story with you. All all the uh, all the tour guys will share that story with you. All the historians, uh, the the Catholics in Syria will tell you that story. That's about as that's about as uh, as 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 Catholic as for us as Americans saying, "Hey, you want some apple pie and go to a dodge you know, a baseball game." Yeah. yeah, this is this is a yeah this is a well uh, established story in the Middle East. Yeah, we'll be right back. Jesus nine one one. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency. 
Dial 888-526-2151. Slow Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. We're going to be talking about the Bilderbergs, but I found the article. It's by Dr. Professor Plino de Correa. It's called traditioninaction.org. He's a... He writes from a from, from a very traditional point of view. Uh, he writes this. He says, um, The most beautiful history of St. Dismas was written by St. Anselm in a letter to his sisters meditating on the childhood of the Savior. So he says, It was a time of the massacre of the Holy Innocents. St. Joseph, Our Lady, and the Divine Infant were fleeing from, were fleeing from Herod Leaving Bethlehem, the Holy Family entered the land of Egypt. Ah, there it is. Okay, so they're going to Egypt. That's where they're... Which sacred scripture calls the country of sin, where God had withdrawn, withdrawn from his people, a country that the only sacrifice of Christ, that only of the sacrifice of Christ could redeem. Now, here's, here's the meat of it. On this flight into the country of, uh, of the devil, which is Egypt, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph entered a forest inhabited by robbers. Among them was Dismas, a murderer and a thief. However, in the depths of his soul lay some secret graces he had not refused. Hidden from the sight, waiting for an unsuspecting victim, Dismas saw the approach of a man and a young woman carrying a child. The three travelers had some baggage, perhaps some of the gifts of the Magi, reserved for this long trip. Dismas judged that this unprotected family would not offer resistance. The staff of St. Joseph caused him no fear, and he advanced to harm them. However, when Dismas' eyes fell on the child Jesus, and he stopped, marveling at the glorious beauty and majesty of his countenance, Dismas was deeply touched. He protected the travelers instead of harming them, and hosted them in his cave. This was a means wow. divine providence used to help the Holy Family, in this instance not with an angel, but by means of a thief, who for a moment was transformed into a good angel. Yeah, dismiss. Yeah, dismiss off. Yeah, you can read the whole story. It's a powerful story, and so yeah, they were on their way to Egypt. You know, just dismiss. He almost. You know, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, you can reason in your mind and justify a lot of actions, and he seems like one of those guys. You know, uh, at the time, uh, you know, the Romans were oppressing people, kind of like a Robin Hood kind of a figure, maybe. You know what I mean? Where he's justifying all the things that he's doing. But, you know, in reality, no, you're a thief. And the Lord, uh, of course, uh, forgave him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, th- I think uh, he was just caught in a very confusing time between a rock and a hard place. And he was, yeah. I guess, you know, he was fighting against the truth as it was being revealed to him. But ultimately, he gave in at the cross. Amen. Amen. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty that, you know, listen, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you can you can turn to Jesus and and beg for His mercy. That's right. And so let's talk now about who are the globalists and what do they want. This is kind of part two of last week. You know, there was a time when you would hear the word globalists and you'd call it a conspiracy theory. Not no more. <laughs> we we so who are these globalists? We refer to we refer to so much in in the liberty movement. Sometimes it comes from disinformation agents attempting to mire discussion on the issue with assertions that the globalists don't exist. But the answer to that question can be simple and complex at the same time. 
Because in order to understand who the globalists are, we first have to understand what they want. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the globalists because, frankly, their agenda has become more open than ever in the past 10 years. There was a time not long ago when the idea of the existence of globalists was widely considered conspiracy theory. And there was a time when organizations like the Bilderberg Group did not officially exist. And the mainstream media rarely ever reported on them. And there was a time when the agenda for a one-world economy and a one-world government was highly secretive and mentioned only in whispers in the mainstream. And anyone Mm. who tried to expose this information, the public called you a tinfoil hat-wearing lunatic. Paul, (laughs) want to pick it up? Yeah. Today, the mainstream media writes puff pieces about the Bilderberg Group and even jokes about their secrecy. When members of Donald Trump's cabinet, Mike Pompeo and Jared Kushner, attended Bilderberg in 2019, the mainstream media was wallpapered with the news. Hmm, I wonder why. Uh, When the World Government Summit meets each year in Dubai, attended by many of the same people that attend Bilderberg, as well as shady mainstream icons and gatekeepers like Elon Musk, Neil deGrasse Tyson, they don't hide their discussions or their goals. They post them on YouTube. I remember when talking about the U.S. dollar being dethroned and replaced with a new one-world currency system and a cashless society controlled by the IMF was treated as bizarre theory. Now it's openly called by, uh, by for, uh, from numerous leaders in the financial industry and in economic governance. The claim that these things are conspiracy theory no longer hold up anymore. In reality, the people who made such accusations a few years ago now look like idiots as the establishment floods the media with information and propaganda promoting everything the liberty movement has been warning about. The argument on whether or not a globalist agenda exists is over. The liberty movement and the alternative media won that debate And through our effort, we have even forced the establishment into admitting the existence of some of their plans for a completely centralized global system managed by them. And and yeah, I would say managed by them, uh, but but ultimately the mastermind is Satan. Amen. Amen. And uh, again, yes, Satan has his minions and his uh, there's different. Uh, ideological groups, the Freemasons and and others that uh, actually uh, put some, you can say, uh, put some feet to the satanic plans. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The argument has changed. The mainstream doesn't even deny anymore that globalists exist. They talk about whether or not the globalist agenda is a good thing or a bad thing. First, I would point out the sheer level of deception and disinformation used by the globalists over the past several decades. These, uh, this deception is designed to maneuver the public towards accepting a one-world economy, eventually one-world governance. If you have to lie consistently to people about your ideology in order to get them to support it, then there must be something wrong with your ideology. Of course, Jess, it's like um, uh, darkness fears the light for fear that it'll be exposed. And so they kept it in the shadows. They, they keep lying about it. Uh, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Second, the establishment may be going public with their plans for globalization. 
but they aren't being honest about the consequences for the average person. And there are many misconceptions out there, even in the liberty movement, about what exactly these people want. So we need to construct a list of globalist desires versus globalist lies in order to define who we are dealing with. These are the beliefs and arguments of your run-of-the-mill globalists. Here wow. they are. Here's, here's a few. They're about half a dozen. Here's the first one. The globalists want, and of, of course, their father is Satan. I'm just going to say that clearly. No, no, I'm not going to mince words. Their father is Satan. If 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 there is a, a fit, if there is a human person that's that's you know would be the CEO of the globalists, it would be the Antichrist. He's probably here. I didn't say he's here. I said he's probably here. All these people are spokes in the hub. The Antichrist is the hub. And the operating engine is Satan. So what do they want? Centralization. A globalist believes everything must be centralized, from finance to money to social access to production to government. They argue that centralization makes the system more fair for everyone. But in reality, they desire a system in which they have total control over every aspect of life. Globalists, more than anything, want to dominate and micromanage every detail of civilization and socially engineer humanity in the image they prefer. Yeah, what's the image they prefer? Yeah. Transhumanism. Yeah. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, because they know better, Jess. And, uh, you know, what jumps out at me there is more fair. You see, this is how they're going to package it and sell it, Jess. You know, this is, by the way, uh, the same theme behind communism. You know what I mean? The idea that, hey, uh, the hammer and sickle, you know, uh, you know, the people are the ones that put in the work and we have to come up with a system that is going to be equitable for all. But we all know that there's a two tier system in communism. That is those who tell people what to do and those that do it. And that's essentially what you have in communism. Uh, you know, just this is a one size fits all approach. If you think big government here is a problem, this uh, big this big government that they're talking about is is on steroids. You know, imagine the World Health Organization and others dictating our health guidelines uh, in, in, you know, in, a, in, a, in, in any fashion. Um, imagine a group of world leaders centered in Europe dictating what we can do, what we can say in the U.S., being, uh, you know, being hauled in front of a world court for adjudication. The U.S. Constitution and every form of government rule uh, will be rendered irrelevant overnight. You see, Jess, if this thing comes to fruition, there is no uh, local government. It all, it, it you know, uh, you know, is all um, superseded by this world government. And if you think that, you know, uh, if you look at like the leader of the World Health Organization, if, if that's who you want dictating, you know, what you can do with your health, uh, you know. Go for it. But uh, I don't think so. Anyway, um, second one here, Jess, is one world currency system and cashless society. Whew, this is a big one. Yep. As an extension of centralization, globalists want a single currency system for the world. Not only this, but they want it digitized and easy, to meaning a cashless society which every act of trade by every person can be watched and scrutinized. If trade is no longer private, preparation for rebellion becomes rather difficult. When all sources can be managed and restricted to a high degree at the local level, rebellion would become unthinkable because the system becomes the parent and provider and the source of life. That sounds like the title of 
uh, for Jesus Christ, source of life, Jess. Amen. But, but, yeah. but they want they want the almighty dollar. That's why they call it the almighty dollar. That's um, right. A one world currency and cashless system would be the bedrock of one world governance. You cannot have one without the other. Jess, they would be able to cancel us overnight if they had that type of control. If you don't comply, if you don't, you know, get in line, you know, uh, if you don't just uh, do whatever they, you know, they say, you don't even have a bank account. You have no means to survive. That's scary. This sets up, this sets up the reign of the Antichrist, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, ne- the next point that the globalists want is a one world government. Globalists want to erase all national borders and sovereignty and create a single elite bureaucracy, a one world empire in which they are the philosopher kings as described in Plato's Republic. Hmm. As Richard Gardner, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, we will continue talking about the Bilderbergs uh, and basically this anti-Christic society. Who are the globalists and what do they want? This affects everybody on planet Earth. We'll be right back. Don't despair. We present to you Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We'll be right back. Amen. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay, two Catholic, two Catholic men that love the Lord. We are committed to giving you the fullness of truth every single Monday. And we want to give it to you in an evangelical style with devil-destroying theology because we know when it's all said and done, we win. We're talking about the globalists who are, by the way, they're the Bilderbergs, they're the Freemasons, they're the Illuminati. They're all one of the same. They probably have uh, cards to to all three clubs. And what what they want is a one-world government which sets up the reign of the Antichrist. Richard Gardner former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for the International Organization under Kennedy and Johnson, and a member of the Trilateral Commission, wrote in April 1974 uh, uh, an issue of the, of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, an article called The Hard Road to World Order. It says this, mm-hmm. quote, In short, the House of World Order will have to be built from the bottom up, rather than from the top down. It will look like a great booming, buzzing confusion. But an end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece, it will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. Close quote. This system would be highly inbred, though they may continue to give the masses the illusion of public participation in democracy for a short time. Ultimately, The globalists desire a faceless and unaccountable roundtable government, a seat of power which acts as an institution with limited liability, much like a corporation, and run in the same sociopathic manner without legitimate public oversight. In the globalist world, there will be no redress of grievances. We see a little bit of that right now with the big pharmaceutical companies uh, they have been protected from being sued by our, our federal government. So it doesn't matter how many people die of these uh, jabs. 
uh, there are no redress of grievances thus far against Big Pharma because uh, Big Daddy Socialist Government has made sure of that. Paul? Yeah, Jess. Um, what jumps out at me in what you said was uh, this top, I mean, this bottom-up approach. It cannot be a top-down. That tells me that they understand that society as we know it must be uprooted. It must be torn down, and then uh, their plan must be come from the ground up. Uh, to me, that is seriously disturbing because, uh, and I've said it on other programs, it's like we're driving a car that we recognize that uh, it, it's no longer you know worth putting any more money into it, and so they're going to drive this car until the wheels fall off. By that, I mean they're going to collapse our financial system. Uh, they're going to uh, 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 cause so much disruption because you know that the U.S. dollar is the you know internationally it's 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 what makes the world uh, work. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you uh, basically uh, undercut the U.S. dollar, and uh, that's. Uh, that that's going to be uh, troubling. Uh, I can guarantee you every the middle class in the United States, if that happens, is going to disappear overnight. Paul, this is a religion to the globalist, as it says it in, in their next point, their next bullet. You see that there? Yeah, which go ahead. Uh, the religion Sustain of the gold. Yeah, go ahead. Sustainability as religion. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah um, I'm trying to see where you left off at okay yeah got it yeah got it um again <laughs> globalists come from an ideological background which worship eugenics the belief that genetics must be controlled and regulated and those people they deem to be undesirables must be sterilized or uh exterminated <laughs> The modern eugenics movement was launched by the Rockefeller Foundation in the early 1900s in America and was treated as a legitimate scientific endeavor for decades. Eugenics was taught in schools and even celebrated at the World's Fair. Uh, states like California that adopted eugenics legislation forcefully sterilized tens of thousands of people and denied thousands of marriage certificates based on genetics. The system was transferred to Germany in the 1930s, where it gained world renown for its inherent brutality. This ideology holds that 4% or less of the population is genetically worthy of leadership, and the elites conveniently assert that they represent part of that genetic purity. Sounds like Hitler and Nazi Germany, Jess. On uh, steroids. Don't, yeah. Don't forget the oh, the Georgia. Oh, this is a comment that I have, Jess. Re yeah. Remember the, the Georgia Guidestones, which limit the total population to one billion? You talked actually, about that? Actually, half a billion. Half, 500,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Half, yeah, half, a, half billion. a billion. Oh, even worse, you know. <laughs> yeah, they they say that's the perfect number to be able to control human beings. There's too many human beings to control right now, so they have to reduce the numbers. Yeah, just man has sought to enslave and control other men from the beginning. 
And, you know, you remember what Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Man is destined to repeat his follies. As time progresses, just these same ideas are repackaged into a larger, more palatable version until they achieve their goals. Yes, this is exact. This is this is dangerous stuff. This is something that has been going on for a while. That's right. Um, after World War II, the public developed a distaste for the idea of eugenics and population control. But under the guise of environmentalism, the agenda is making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> As population reduction, it's in the name of saving the earth. It's now in the mainstream media once again. It's a religion to these people. And how will they and how will they come to their decisions? Well, no doubt. A modern form of eugenics will be presented as the science used to fairly determine the content of the population if the elites get their way. Again, yeah. they're always saying, uh, you know, follow the science. I believe in science. Yeah. yeah, I believe in science. Yeah. Which is which is absolutely false, Paul. This is a religion to them. Oh Look yeah. There's, yeah. There's no there's no doubt about it. And guess what? Uh, it's like, uh, you know, you ha how you had those expert witnesses in court just testifying. Uh, you can get expert witnesses to testify on any uh, on any issue you want, on any side you want. And this is how the scientists, because it's not an exact science. It's really, a, a, you know, an opinion based on, uh, you know, just uh, portions of things that we know. And so, uh, you know, that, that idea, we follow the science is a bunch of, you know, malarkey. Malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, Jess, again, um, this is, it's mind blowing to me just to see how, um, you know, people can fall for such uh, nonsense. And the reason why they can is because God has been, uh, the idea of God and, 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 and the formation of, 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 of a good, strong Christian uh, character uh, has been basically tossed out the window. And when you don't have God, you have no hope. And their hope is in this world, Jess. Their hope is in somehow creating the perfect world. They want the Garden of Eden. See, we were expelled from the Garden of Eden, Jess, last I checked. And yet man wants to storm the gates and create his own Garden of Eden. Um, uh, you know, And say, so we don't need God's garden. We can create our own. And that 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 ties in with all that those things that you talk about with uh, the genetic, uh, uh, you know, altering our genetics and and different things like that. Just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Paul. We're, we're, history is going to vindicate our words. History is going to vindicate this sentence. This is all the work of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. People are saying, "Jess, you're crazy. You're a nut." I will be vindicated uh, in short time. This is all the work of the Antichrist. These are simply minions. These are simply uh, little Minutemen and little soldiers for the Antichrist. This, this whole thing about what they call sustainability is a religion to them. Yep. Globalists use this word sustainability in their papers and their agendas from Agenda 21 to Agenda 2030. Environmentalism is the facade they employ to guilt the population into yep. supporting global governance, among other things. Yep. Uh, there's an article written, why is the elitist establishment so obsessed with meat? Well, fake environmentalism and fraudulent global warming science is being exploited by globalists to demand control over everything from how much electricity you can use in your home to how many children you can have 
to how much our society is allowed to manufacture, produce, to what you're allowed to eat. The so-called carbon pollution threat, perhaps the biggest scam in history, is a key component of the globalist agenda as the globalist organization, the Club of Rome, a sub-institution attached to the United Nations, unfortunately stated in their book, quote, the first global revolution, quote, in searching for a common enemy against whom we can unite, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, uh, famine, and the like would fit the bill. In their totality and their interactions, these phenomena do constitute a common threat, which must be confronted by everyone together. But in designating this, these dangers as the enemy, we fall into the trap, which you have already warned readers about, namely mistaking symptoms for causes. All these dangers are caused by human intervention and natural processes, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself, close quote. In other words, by presenting human beings as species as the great danger, the globalists hope to convince humanity to sublimate itself before Mother Earth Goddess and beg to be kept in line. And as a, yeah. self de- as a, as a self-designated guardians of the earth, the elites become the high priests of this new religion of sustainability. They and they alone could determine who is a loyal servant and who is a heretic. Carbon pollution becomes the new original sin. Everyone is a sinner against the earth, for everyone breathes and uses resources, and we must all do our part to appease the earth by sacrificing as much as possible, even wow. ourselves. I just said a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus 911, two Catholics reporting for duty, strength and honor. Stick around. Remember, the cross is not a negative, it's a positive. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. Well, we're talking about the globalist. Paul, there's an aspect of globalism which is Luciferian. What, 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 how would you uh, explain that to the audience? It is often argued by skeptics that psychopaths cannot organize cohesively because such organizations would self-destruct. These people simply don't know what they're talking about. Psychopaths throughout history organize all the time, from tyrannical governments to organized crime and religious cults. The globalists have their own binding ideologies and methods for organization. One method is to ensure benefits to those who serve the group as well as punishments to those who stray. Predators often work together as long as they, uh, uh, there is ample prey. Another method is the use of religious or ideological superiority, making adherents feel like they are part of an exclusive and chosen few destined for greatness. This is a highly complicated issue which requires its own essay to examine in full. I believe I did this uh, effectively in my article, Luciferians, a secular look at a destructive globalist belief system. Needless to say, this agenda is not one that globalists are willing to admit to openly. uh, uh, They're they're not willing to admit that openly very often. But I've outlined extensive evidence that Luciferianism is indeed the underlying globalist cult religion. 
It is essentially an ideology which promotes moral relativism, the worship of the self, and the attainment of godhood, little g, by any means necessary, which fits perfectly with globalism and the globalist behavior. I think that's all sum up uh, the Luciferianism aspect of this, Jess. Yeah, and just just to make it very simple, for somebody doesn't necessarily somebody say so. Jess, are you saying they're Satanists? No, I'm saying they're Luciferians. Yes. Some people, and what I mean by that, Luciferian is 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 the the words of Lucifer attributed to him is I will not serve. So in Catholicism and spiritual warfare, when we say that somebody has a Luciferian spirit, that means that the person has an attitude that. I'm number one. I'll do it my way. I deserve mm-hmm. this. It's owed to me. I don't need God. I can do this on my own. That's called a Luciferian spirit. The Christian yeah. spirit is, I will do it. Uh, I, I, uh, um, thy will be done. Okay. Yeah. You. The, yeah. the so the Christian spirit is you align your will with God's will. The Luciferian mm-hmm. spirit. Is you feed your own passions. You do whatever's good for you because That's you're right. number one and you look out for number one. That's These people, right. the, the Bilderbergs and the Freemasons are Luciferians. And Jess, and, 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 and there's a spirit of Luciferianism that enters when we when we develop a false ecumenism. You know, when we when we have this idea that somehow people in false religions we know that uh, Jesus said, I am the door. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But if you're promoting a religion that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ and his grace and mercy, uh, and, and you tell them that they don't have to convert and uh, you know uh, to the church, well, that's that same spirit that's being pushed out there uh, you know, on, on a lesser scale, but nevertheless just as deadly. That's right. I just uh, went on the internet and looked up the word Luciferian on a on a dictionary. It says this. It says a Luciferian, a, a Luciferian spirit promotes false light authority. Uh, Luciferian spirit promotes uh, deception, lies mm. of omission, manipulation mm. with malice to promote intentional harm. Did you get that? manipulation mm. with malice to promote intentional harm. Kind of like roll up your sleeves and take these four jabs and this booster because we want to save your life. Uh, the definition also Luciferianism on, 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 on the internet, on a dictionary website says, Luciferian spirit promotes death or destruction to serve its selfish personal agenda. Paul, these globalists, the Freemasons, the, the Illuminati, the, the, the Bilderbergs, what we're talking about, all these globalists, they promote agendas that are Luciferian because it benefits only a few. It, it, yep. it, it, it benefits the rich and the famous. Yes. The, rest, the rest of us, they consider earth eaters, the rank and file. We're, we're breathing too yeah. much air. We're expendable. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what we are. Yes. In, in their economy, we're expendable. Uh, we don't really matter. What matters to them is, like you said, their new religion, which is sustainability, preserving the earth. But we got some news, huh, Jess? We got some, we got some better news than all of that nonsense. Absolutely. Uh, the, the good news is this. Think about this. 
that nobody, not even people in the Bilderbergs or the Freemasons, have to go to hell. Why? Because God the Father has provided a way for everybody on planet Earth to be saved. He sent His only Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to this world as the Lamb of God, as a suffering servant, to die for the sins of the whole world, not just Amen. Catholic Christians, not just, not just Israel, not just the Jewish people. He came to die for the sins of the whole world, John 3.16. Yes. And so yes. now, we, we as, 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 as people on, on planet Earth, all we have to do now, Jesus has done the heavy lifting. I love that t-shirt, Paul, that has our Lord Jesus Christ bench pressing. And it says, it says, bench pressing the sins of the world. What does that mean? Mm. He's done the heavy lifting. Have you watched the movie, The Passion? He's done the heavy lifting. All we have to do now is unite ourselves to him, just like his mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and Mary's sister, the, the other Mary, yes. and John the yes. Apostle in the foot of the cross. We have, to, we have to unite ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. He's done the heavy lifting. And remember, this is why sometimes I call some of the shows that we do here on VMPR, we, I call it the Lord's Gym. Why? Because the Lord's Gym, it reminds me of our Catholic faith. Our Catholic faith is something dynamic. We have to work at it every day, just like you know, some of you guys hit the gym all the time, and I'm, I'm good with that. I got a gym here in my house. Again, people hit the gym, you want to get in a good workout, that's cool. But guess what? All of us should have at least... That same intensity when it comes to your spiritual life, your yes. interior life. D live your Catholic faith, especially yes. you young people, with the same intensity that, that you hit the gym with. And remember, we're called the salt of the earth. Salt adds yes. flavor. We are the salt of the earth. We're called to add flavor to the gospel, yes. to our society, yes. to our family. Yes. We're also yes. called the light of the world. Light illuminates. Why? We're called to illuminate our society, our world, our family. We're also called leaven. Leaven is bread that rises. We're called to permeate entire societies with the gospel so that society can rise to its potential. Look at me and Paul. We're nobodies. But you know what we are? We're two donkeys that allow the Lord Jesus Christ to ride us on our backs. And guess what? If anybody says anything nice about me or Paul, it's Jesus who gets all the praise and glory. I'm just a donkey. Paul's just a donkey. We're just allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to ride on our back. And you know what? Don't forget. It's all about trusting in God. Don't yeah. trust in man. This world is yeah. this world is passing away. Trust yeah. in God. Pray your rosary. Yeah. Read your Bible every day. Go to mass as often as possible. Live a holy life. You know what, Paul? It's a great time to be Catholic. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because we're on the winning team. And guess what? God's not dead. God's not even yeah. tired. Take that to the yes. bank. Yes. We're gonna do a little WWE here. Tag. I'm in because you got me fired up, okay? And I want to say that, look, it, it, with all of this bad news, you know, the question begs, why does God allow this? Why does God allow this kind of evil? And he allows it in order to bring about a greater good. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If this is the stage, if this is the platform that the Antichrist will step out on, no Antichrist, no, uh, no, no Christ coming back to judge the living and the dead. You see, right. this That's must right. happen because this is part of God's eternal plan. Uh, God is allowing them to exercise their free will 
to the point to where they will uh, uh, arrogantly challenge God, and then God will say, okay, enough's enough. Now it's time to establish uh, the kingdom of God forever and ever. Now it's time to separate uh, the sheep from the goats. And uh, just uh, we should be excited as Catholics because as these things materialize before our eyes, uh, uh, we are one step closer to the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, That's to his right. reign forever and ever. Amen. Yes. St. Padre Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. Here in yes. NPR, I can tell you this. We're going to continue uh, uh, preaching the truth in charity. And we're going to keep spotlighting the truth upon this culture of death. Because we consider ourselves like a lighthouse amidst a gathering storm. And we're going to make sure that we pray America great again. And we're also going to make sure that we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus yes. Christ. We give us some called... marching orders, Jess. Give us Absolutely. some marching orders before we end this. Let, let, me, let me give some marching orders to the remnant here. Okay? Pick up the five stones of David. This is the way you defeat Goliath. Remember, we have to pray the rosary every day. St. Dominic Savio uh, received the rosary from Our Lady in 1214 AD to, to defeat heresy. Next, yes. I'm going to ask you, to go to Mass as often as possible. Go to Mass as often as possible. Especially those of, uh, those of you that don't work, don't go to school, you have the opportunity. Receive the sacramental graces as often as possible. If you yes. can't get to Mass, please, please read the daily Mass readings. Read the daily. Get the Word of God into your body, into your soul. Right before you read, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Go and visit Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament at least once a week. Mondays tonight from 12 midnight to 1 in the morning is my weekly holy hour with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in silence. Go and spend an hour with the Jesus in sacred silence in front of the tabernacle, in front of a, inside a Catholic church somewhere. The point number four, let's remember that we have to, God calls us to, into a life of offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? It's a life of penance. Remember, fasting, penance. This is the only way, Jesus says in Mark 9, 29, this is the only way we can drive out some demons. And finally, make sure you live in a state of grace. Make sure you're going to confession often, at least once a month. Make sure you're living and make sure you die in a state of grace. Paul, that's a wrap. That's a wrap, brother. We are EOW 10-7, out of service, end of watch, but never out of service for Jesus. Up next, you'll hear more from Gary Machuda, Hands-On Apologetics. Coming to you for the Midwest Command Centers, you'll hear more about Catholic apologetics. But as for as for these two cops for Christ, we are out.